In a moment, it'll be time for the news. But first, here is a news flash. A trainload of rioting English soccer hooligans has crashed. Nine of them are believed to have been hurt. The Home Office is said to be deeply distressed by the news. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm just being handed an amendment to that announcement. It should have read, A trainload of rioting English soccer hooligans has crashed. None of them are believed to have been hurt. The Home Office is said to be deeply distressed. <laughs> And now it's time to join Lynn Folds Over for another edition of <laughs> The Consumer Show, you together with your house and possessions and other things as well. You together with your house and your possessions. Yes. by investigating a matter which many of you have written to me to complain about. The irritating, confusing, and long-winded title of this show. You, together with your house, and you present it in other things as well. Well, I'm delighted to say that I confronted the producer with your complaints and he's agreed to change the title to You and Your Things. You and Your Things. Oh! <laughs> Hello welcome to a brand new show called You and Your Things. And now we've come on to a very serious matter of these new plastic covers for domestic plug sockets. And with me I have the manufacturer, Robert Wallace. Now, Robert, these covers don't in fact screw onto the wall, do they? Uh, no, that's right, no. Now, a small child could easily pull this off and electrocute himself, couldn't he? No, they, they are designed to be placed high up on walls, out of the reach of children. But a small child standing on a chair could easily reach it and, and pull it off and electrocute himself. No, no, it has a child-proof clip that makes that impossible. I see. Yes. Uh-huh. But uh, a small child standing on a chair with an electric drill could easily bore a hole through the socket and such his finger and electrocute himself. Yes, but, I mean, who would give a small child an electric drill? We did, in our experiment. <laughs> We took a small child and, and just by placing an electric drill at the foot of his cot, it could easily get hold of it. But that's incredibly dangerous. Well, that's what everyone says on this programme, Mr Wallace. It's disgraceful. Now get out! If you see something in the shops that's dangerous and should be stopped, especially if it could be harmful to a child, give me a ring and I'll go wild! <laughs> well, I'm joined now by our financial editor, John Travolta. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. John... Hmm? Nothing. Well, John's here to take your calls about money matters, so let's have the first one. Hello. I'm, uh, I'm due to inherit up to £50,000 on the death of my grandmother. And your problem is to do with inheritance tax, is it? Uh, no, my problem is that she's showing no signs of dying. <laughs> Me. Uh, well, David, if you make the bank aware of your prospective inheritance, then I'm sure they will be only too willing to tie you over with a short-term loan. Uh -huh. And with that, you could perhaps think about covering the cost of killing your grandmother. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, let's take our next call, then. Uh, hello. I wonder if you could tell me how I could completely avoid paying any income tax. Uh, can I just ask you, uh, what is your annual income? £170,000. Is that gross? Well, many people think it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> Well, this is a fascinating question, John. I know that you don't pay any tax. How do you manage that? Well, frankly, I'm registered as a charity, the uh, NSEPI. What's that? The National Society for the Prevention of Paying Income Tax. <laughs> Just one more caller. Uh, hello, I'm calling about reverse takeovers. I'm afraid that's something for Anna Rabies to deal with on her sexual problems phone. Oh, thank you. 
You and your things, they really matter to us. We really care about you, we do. You and your things, they make our little lives just that little bit worthwhile. Yes, if you didn't smile, then there'd be no show and we'd be out of work. Well, today, sadly, we come to the last of our features on the Radioactive House. Uh, as you know, for the last six months, the Radioactive team has been showing you how to build a house from scratch. Well, today, we'll just be putting the finishing touches to it, and tomorrow, the demolition workers move in under orders from the council. But for an update on last week's progress, let's go over to Mike's channel in the Radioactive House. Mm. The Eiffel Tower. The Taj Mahal. Sydney Opera House. All our buckles when compared to the radioactive house. Super. Well, uh, many of you, many of you I know, have been uh, tuning in over the months to hear us constructing our innovatively uh, designed open-plan house, and to enjoy hearing our difficulties in attempting to put up the second floor without any supporting walls. <laughs> house has been built in detachable sections so that the whole building can break down in tears, which is uh, exactly what the district surveyor did when he saw it. Uh, well, last week, you may remember, Martin Brown showed you how to build a partition wall in the living room. Uh, well, this week, we'll be showing you how to build a door in the partition wall so that we can let Martin out. Also last week, you'll remember we showed you how to put in a window. Uh, this week, we'll be showing you how to put in a window again. Uh, this time, however, we'll be using putty instead of pate. <laughs> That's right, I suppose, for letting a Norwegian order our building supplies. <laughs> he is, in fact, the person we're going over to first today. What have you been doing this week, Oivind? <gasps> you are, Tuck Mike. <laughs> well, today is curtains, and I have hanged a few. <laughs> hung. You have just hung some curtains. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Mm. And also, I have hung the man who brought them. <laughs> hanged. You've hanged the man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've hanged the hanged man. man. Right. Just, so, you, you've done what? <laughs> the man for a good night. I see. You uh, misread the instructions once again, did you, Ivan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm afraid it's really curtains for him, Mike. <laughs> Incredibly amusing. Yeah. Uh, and what else, Ivan? Uh, well, now it's the fornicators. Fornicators? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm putting the fornicators into the fitted cupboards. Uh, are these some sort of squatters you found? In the, uh, in a bit of free love? <laughs> no, no, Mike. Uh, the fornicators, the screws. Oh, yes, the screws. Ah. Ah. You've been putting the screws into the fitted cupboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the fornicators, Mac. When should we plant our rhododendrons? How should we decorate our home? How the hell should we know? We're just the jingle singers for the youth and your things show. Well, very few people can have failed to notice that Radioactive has at last gone public. And here with me to discuss the success of it is our financial editor, John Travolta. Good morning. Good morning, John. Um, no, never mind. Now, I gather as soon as radioactive shares were floated on the stock market, there was dramatic rise. Yes, that's right. In all the other shares. Yes. I think the problem was with the marketing. How bad was it? Well, I think it was a mistake to print prospectuses with a picture of Martin Brown on the cover, <laughs> with his trousers around his ankles. Hmm. What about the figures inside? Last year's total expenditure, for example, was uh, £340,000. Yes, and the income? Nine pence. Nine pence, yes. <laughs> 
with me now. I have Mr. Wilfred Jenkins. Now, Wilfred was injured in an accident at the cash-up department store and had a wheel. Tell us what happened, Wilfred. Well, I was coming down the stairs and the rail collapsed and I fell down two floors. Right. Well, also with us is the manager of the store, Alan Rogers. Uh, what do you say about this, Mr. Rogers? Well, of course, we're extremely concerned. Yeah. Those stereos cost us quite a bit of money to replace. <laughs> and frankly, we can't afford to go putting them up just so some old-age pensioners can take to throwing themselves through them willy-nilly. Uh, Mr. Jenkins, uh, what do you say about these rather serious allegations from Mr. Rogers that you've damaged his property? Well, I, I didn't mean to. I just, I just leaned on it and it gave way. It was completely unsafe. Oh, disgraceful. Mr. Rogers, what actions are you going to take? Well, naturally, we are intending to take Mr. Jenkins to court. <laughs> and we are hoping to win substantial damages from him. Oh, splendid. But I thought you said it was disgraceful. Exactly. I think it's disgraceful that you should go around recklessly leaning on stereos and crashing through them. Mm. Not to mention the damage that could be caused to a, a small child by a, a thoughtless OAP <laughs> landing on top of them. Well, I, I didn't do it deliberately. Well, that's just what the captain of the Titanic said. Frankly, <laughs> Mr. Jenkins, what guarantee do we have that you're not going to keep running up and downstairs and throwing yourselves off? Well, for a start, both my legs are in plaster. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. No, Jenkins, but that answer just won't do. No, come back here, Mr. Jenkins. Don't try and move your wheelchair away while I'm talking to you. Ah! Mr. Jenkins? Ah! Mr. Jenkins? Ah! Mr. Jenkins, are you all right? No. <laughs> I think so. Well, thank heavens for that. I thought for a minute you won't be able to pee for the damage you've done to the studio. If you do not like this program, no great changes should you make. For right now, for your entertainment, we bring you a commercial break. Cool and smooth on top, yet underneath, deeply bitter, dark and secretive, but still rather rich. Guinness shareholders. <laughs> Pure stupidity. <laughs> Do you run a local shop or small businesses? Then why don't you advertise through us? Late night telespots. Our professional team of continuity announcers <laughs> will, will read out your advert whilst the viewer is entertaining by a irrelevant photo of your premises. Here are just one of our many satisfied customer. My shop was doing real bad. Then I advertised through late night telesports and within days hundreds of people had recognised my shop and had come in. Well, because of the ad, I was laughing. Did they buy a lot? No, they were laughing because of the ad as well. They'd just come in laughing and went out again. Oh, there you had it. An unsolidified testimonial for the power of adverts. Sizing. So... Ring us, late-night telespots, now, on the telephone. And, and who knows, it could be the start of something. Big? The Radioactive House. Well, our uh, handyman, Martin Brown, has, I'm delighted to say, been let out. And he's here now to tell us about some of the things he's learnt over the last six months. I wouldn't have thought that would take very long. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mike. 
Um, well, firstly, a word about adhesives. Now, one of the things I've found out about them over the last six weeks is that they tend to uh, stick to things. <laughs> yes, they um, tend to stick to things like your shoes and... Um, and your shoes tend to stick to things like the floor. And, um, and then you tend to fall over. And, um, and then you tend to not be able to get through the door. Because you tend to have a floorboard stuck to your shoes. Um, that's the tendency anyway. And um, finally, Mike, I'm just going to tell the listeners how to secure a support wall with some galvanised spikes. And uh, the great thing about these is, you see... Um, they tend to go right through the concrete support and into your leg. <laughs> Nurse? So, uh, how Nurse? to put a galvanised spike through your leg there. <laughs> and, uh, once again, a demonstration of the absolute necessity of having a large medical team on hand when any work is being done by Martin Brown. <laughs> well, time now to hear from a man who this year has experienced an unexpected revival, the Welsh wizard Tom Bones. And Tom was, of course, a spokesman for a generation. Unfortunately, the generation he was a spokesman for was still speaking in Latin. <laughs> but here he is, live, just about, from Caesar's Palace, Tom Bones. Well, I saw the lines on my face as I looked in the mirror. The Christian two thousand all over my head But I was back on top of the bill I showed those who thought I was over the hill I opened the curtain and as I walked out I heard all the audience suddenly shout Wah, wah, wah Revive him He's hardly surviving His stomach is just about touching the floor His buttons are popping in fact we are sure He'll burst out of his trousers because they don't fit anymore <laughs> I sang a ballad, I called it the boy from nowhere they joined in the chorus and called me the boy with no hair. They told us the tale of a brave matador. The audience started to head for the door. Because as I wobbled my way through the set, I covered the front row in gallons of sweat. Why, why don't I pack off? Before I put my back out Some little women may still make a fuss But I swap their support for a surgical dress Oh, I still when I get up I can't get it up anymore Oh, I still when I get up I can't get it up Well, one of the quickest ways of making money is to have a quick flutter. 
And there's also betting, with horse racing still being the main money spinner. Last year, a world record was broken when Irish Fancy romped home the winner 32 consecutive times, thereby creating a small fortune for its owner. So what is it that sets him apart from the rest? Well, I suppose I've won 32 races in a row, as you mentioned, Mike, and Mm. people, I suppose, see that as being something special. Mm. Mm. But don't you think there's something about you in particular that you wouldn't expect to find in other horses? Uh, well, uh... (laughs) Uh, Pace, I suppose you mean, and uh, staying power, I guess, yes. That's certainly something I've worked hard at and trained. Yes, yes. I was thinking rather more of the fact that you're able to speak. Oh, that, yes, yes. yes. Well, um, yes, I suppose it might be considered by some a bit unusual for a racehorse, but you know, I'm, uh, I, I take it pretty much in my stride, as it were. <laughs> Yeah, it's yes. a joke there. Mm. <laughs> well, I must say, I find it pretty extraordinary. Yes, well, that, that's a pretty standard reaction, to be honest with you. <laughs> In fact, as far as I know, it's historically unheard of for horses to speak. Look, I thought we were here to discuss my racing. I'd rather we didn't dwell on this speaking business. It's, it's getting rather tedious. Right. Thanks. Mm. So I gather um, you've also sired almost 30 folds. Look, I'd rather we didn't discuss my personal life either, OK? <laughs> yes, uh, so do the other horses resent your success at all? Well, I don't know, to be honest. I've never asked them. Why not? The bloody horses, for God's sake. God, you are stupid. (laughs) Time now for City News, for which we join financial editor John Travolta. Shares on the move. Bass down four at 325. Haddock up three at 235. Seesaw's remaining steady. Seven up, down seven at zero. Hundreds and thousands down ten to make tens and hundreds. And Guinness up one at last. On the commodities market, Coco's down seven at 144, with Horlick slipping down to 132, and Hot Lemon with a spoonful of honey sticking at 90. <laughs> On the stock exchange, the high street banks have cut their interest rates by a half. The banks just off the high street have cut their interest by a quarter. And the banks in little rural villages weren't interested in the first place. Lakes <laughs> City prices, Edinburgh is 700 million pounds. Coventry is 7,000 pounds. Liverpool is fourpence. <laughs> The FD index is at an all-time low following the death of its mother. OK, well, it's time now for Mike Flex's almost bearable master quiz. Uh, so we have no alternative but to go over to him now. Mike Flex presents his master quiz. Thanks, Mike. Yes, indeed. Let's meet our two contestants for this week's quiz, which appropriately is about house and home. So here to play on my right is Gillian. Hello. And on my left is Peter. Hello. I think I may have the wrong way round, never mind. Okay, well, the radioactive chateau in the Loire still remains unwon after six years. You know the rules? First to get it, uh, and so on. Right, so let's, uh, far away, question two. Eh? Question two, where does the name Adam's Fireplace come from? Uh, John Adam, the architect. Uh, No, it comes from the word fireplace, meaning a place where you make fire. Oh. Okay, uh, moving on to the next question. What is the substance used for cementing tiles around a bathroom? Oh, uh, grouting. No, horse manure is the answer. And what is the main ingredient of garden fertiliser? Oh, uh, horse manure. No, grouting. The last two questions were the wrong way round. True or false? Oh, uh, true. No, false. The questions were right, it was the answers that were the wrong way round. Question seven, anyone? Um, no, question eight, then. Uh, what was the last question? I'm not allowed to go back on questions, I'm afraid. Question nine, how many... Uh, hang on, we haven't had question eight yet. OK, question eight, what is the answer to question nine? <laughs> What's question nine? Question nine, how many rabbits can you produce from a top hat? What's that got to do with houses? I'm sorry, that was a trick question. And finally, question <laughs> ten... <laughs> and finally, question ten, where do I live? Oh, blimey, I know, uh, Yorkshire. Uh, more precisely? Oh, uh, Harrogate? Can you give me the name of the street? Oh, bloody hell, uh, the High Street. Oh, 
No, I'm afraid I can't give you that. Oh, come on, I got as far as Harrogate. Yes, but I live in Essex, in fact. Mm, that goes about it just in time. So it's many thanks to Jill and to Peter for playing and for losing, which means the Chateau in the Loire remains unwon and, more importantly, available to me for the odd dirty weekend. Well, regular listeners to Anadapter's lunchtime show, it must be pretty hard up for things to fill their time with in the middle of the day, but uh, they will know that she's started her new series in which she visits various uh, stately homes around the country, which she has wittily called Anadapter Visits Various Stately Homes Around the Country. <laughs> Elizabethan mansion was built by Henry VIII for his fourth wife in 1537. A strange gift indeed, since he had her beheaded the year before. <laughs> it seems extraordinary that almost 450 years ago, Elizabethan courtiers, minstrels and valets were all sitting here in the same room as I am now. Extraordinarily, partially because it was so long ago, and partially because I'm at present in the toilet. <laughs> Such was the habit of these gentlefolk, whose favourite pastime was to play a game called real tennis. The game of real tennis is much like lawn tennis, except that the racket is held in the hand instead of being hurled across the court at the umpire. <laughs> the ball is rebounded off the roof rather than rammed down the opponent's throat. Anyway, let's just see if I can bounce the ball off the roof and into the opposite court. <laughs> this broken stained glass window effect on the floor is a relatively recent innovation, about five minutes old, in fact. And notice how the red pieces of glass pick out the red of the owner's eyes. Outside again, it's uh, noticeable that if you look at the house from a distance by running away from it very fast, you get out of breath very quickly, especially if you're being chased by an enraged landowner with a meat cleaver. This is an adapter for you and your thing saying, Help! Your house, your garden, your pets, your home, your life and everything you own. Well, back at the uh, radioactive house, designing the interior has been the task of Mike Flex, though quite why this should have been given to someone whose own house is decorated in mauve with day-glow orange uh, <laughs> defeats me. However, uh, here he is. Thank you, Mike. Well, last week, you'll remember, we did the hallway in salmon, pink and buttermilk after an accident with a dinner trolley. <laughs> Well, today I'm back in the lounge, and I'm delighted to say that the curtains I put up last week have turned out to match the carpet perfectly. Yes, not really surprising, since the curtains are made out of the same carpet which you overordered last week. <laughs> That's right. Well, I also showed you how to do up the lounge with fun fur scatter cushions and flying ducks. Now, unfortunately, several of the flying ducks failed to stay on the wall. Instead, they took to flapping around, trying to get out, banging into the windows and making a bit of a nuisance of themselves, so we had to let them out. So this week, I'll be telling you how to put up a print of a girl rubbing her bottom with a tennis ball using blue tack. Mm. <laughs> Tasteful. Mm. That was from your home, was it, Mike? Mm. Well, obviously, when the radioactive house is built, uh, well, if it's built, we'll be looking to the services of an estate agent to sell it for us. And with me now, from the company of Biggin and Smith, is Ivor... Smith. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mr. Smith. 
call me Ivor. No. Mr. Smith, what exactly do estate agents do for their money? Well, we put a large and unsightly board up outside the property. We take a very blurred black and white photograph of the house, which we then send along with a lot of inaccurate and misleading particulars about the property to all the people in our mailing list, 90% of whom have been on the list for over two years and are no longer looking. And how much do you charge for doing that? £3,000. I see. Uh, would it not be better selling it off privately, then? Well, there's one major problem with selling it off privately, and that is that you keep all the money. Is that a problem? It is for us, yes. Yeah. I also how many shares? A Bolivian zinc. Or kitchen chairs. Sudden rise in underwear. You and your things tells you when and where. We'll give you all the ups and downs. So, uh, what should you do with your savings? Where should you put your money? Should you, as Martin Brown does, put it in a cardboard box under your bed? Or should you, as Sir Norman Tonsil does, open a portfolio of shares in South African Kaffir Exploitation Trusts? <laughs> <laughs> should you, as Oivind Vinstra does, change it all into Norwegian kroner and wonder why nobody in this country accepts it? <laughs> Or should you, as Nigel Pry does, stuff large wadges of banknotes into pillar boxes for no apparent reason? <laughs> well, with us is our financial editor again, John Travolta. John, I have to say, this has been something I've been meaning to ask you all the time. Um, where did you get that tie? <laughs> Right, John, what should we be doing with our savings? Uh, well, you can't go wrong putting your money into property. What sort of property? Well, on the whole, I'd recommend houses. I mean, derelict bomb shelters tend to yield a low return on your investment. <laughs> what about the stock exchange? Well, if you can get it, yes, but as far as I know, it's not up for sale. <laughs> I mean, uh, investment in stocks and shares. What would you recommend for the small investor? A pair of high heels and a large hat, I think. <laughs> And for the investor with a small amount of money? Well, I would say the, the current climate of privatisation is absolutely ideal for anyone with a little bit of capital and six names. Mm. Well, <laughs> yes, that would be best. Mm. <laughs> but would you say building societies are better? Yes, if you like. Building societies are better? <laughs> yes, you really are a complete waste of time, aren't you? Yes, thank you. If you see something in the shops that's dangerous and should be stopped, especially if it could be harmful to a child, give me a ring and I'll go wild. If you're a gardener, you'll be familiar with the problem of mosquitoes, midges, green fly and so forth. Well, there are literally dozens of insecticides and pest sprays on the market and here with me to discuss them is David Grace. Hello. Now, what can be done about all these very harmful pesticides, mm. David? Hmm? Mm. I mean, how can we protect these insects? <laughs> protect the insects? Yes, I mean, these products on the market are designed to kill them, and do you know that? Well, yes, yes. Well, what can be done about it? I mean, it's very, very dangerous. I mean, small children could easily <laughs> turn into an insect and then get sprayed with one. Well, um, the, the problem is, Lynn, uh, that, that these insects attack vegetables and fruit in our garden. Well, they shouldn't. I know they shouldn't. It's very dangerous. Small children might wake up to find they've suddenly turned into a potato or a cauliflower and they're being attacked by these insects. <laughs> yes. Well, something should be done to stamp them out. Well, well these, these insecticides do stamp them out. Good. Well, I'm glad we sorted that problem out. <laughs> Radioactive House. Yes, indeed. Well, Nigel Pry has been full of exciting ideas for uh, doing up the house, although unfortunately none of us have the faintest idea what they are. Uh, this week he is looking at the bathroom, and already he's discovered something completely new to him. Washing. <laughs> 
yes, this week, Man Pry, all in the bath and all the things needing uh, demonstrated. And uh, now, little hint, Man Pry. Literally, he brings you now for the when, as it happens, water gets cold and in the tank they're hot not. And uh, this inventi, this water warmer by Bathside, uh, just pop in bath and water instant up heat with this electric fire. Yeah! Hmm, tragic. <laughs> A little knowledge is a dangerous thing, but absolutely no knowledge at all is absolutely lethal. Well, I'm afraid we've run out of time on this week's You and Your Things. I'm disgraceful. Uh, just time to warn you about a few other products on the market. Firstly, this. Well, you can get it from many respectable department stores. It's a vicious-looking sonar flick knife. Well, they make delightful presents, and in fact, I've just bought one for my six-year-old nephew. <laughs> Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Jeffrey Perkins, Philip Pope, and Michael Fenton Stevens. Songs by Philip Pope, Steve Brown, and Jeffrey Perkins. The programme was written by Angus Deaton and Jeffrey Perkins, with additional material from Michael Fenton Stevens. The producer was David Tyler. It has been pointed out to us here on Radioactive that many of the items featured in this show may be highly dangerous to small children. <laughs> so if there are any small children listening, here is a government warning. Ah, no. Naughty. <laughs> Don't touch. No, no. Don't ever, ever do that again. No. No. <laughs>